Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. Ty Hildebrand here. Dan Rubenstein, right on over there. SolidVerbal at gmail.com. That is still the email address. We will play your week 13 reverbs here momentarily. Again, that line is 408-VERBAL-1. That's 408-837-2251. You can also find us on Facebook, on FanCred, on Twitter, on iTunes. We are all over the place. And Mr. Rubenstein, it is Mm. good to hear your voice again. I saw you earlier today. How'd I look? Was I well-dressed? You look pretty good. Thank you. No, I I wanted to make sure I looked all right for you. Actually, no, I was... I was had to be dressed up for work and to be on camera and look approachingly like a professional person. Um, but I was happy that I, I held my end of the, uh, of the Belkable best dress contest, uh, before I was summarily defeated by our friend, Nicole Auerbach. You lost to Nicole? Yeah, I did. I was told that. And I, uh, I posted a concession speech on Twitter for those that are interested. It, okay. uh, it hurt, but I had to be a, a pro. Well, I mean, whatever happens, you just need to be professional. Yes. In the words can I, of can the, I, uh, Ghostbusters. May I say something before we continue? Yes, please. Happy birthday again. Thank you. You have you have seen me. You are recording the podcast. You have driven on God knows what roads and interstates between New York and uh, where where do you live? Eastern PA? Allentown. Allentown. Yeah. Um, I, I really do hope that you do something for you today. <laughs> I do hope that you treat yourself. I'm doing this, man. This is what okay, I do. Just making sure. I want to make sure you have a good, we'll talk about your birthday okay. after we talk about the games. Um, but everybody that listens to this, this is a not so secret verbal. Get a little bit inappropriate with telling Ty how much you love him on oh, Twitter. Oh, geez. Well, Do thank it. you, Dan. It's I appreciate birthday, that. 25. It is my birthday. Thank you. Um, okay. So housekeeping very quickly. The yeah. Verbies voting's now open. Oh, snap. I don't know if you saw that. I posted it on Friday, sort of mm-hmm. on the DL, but Verbies voting now open, so get on out there. Vote for your favorites. Suggest a category. We're going to do the whole thing over again. Not sure when we'll record it, but probably sometime in January. If you want to get uh, in on the action, do head on out there to solidverbal.com. Click on the Verbies section, and you can vote. Yeah. The other thing that um, I should point out before we get into those Week 13 reverbs, to borrow a phrase from you, Uh-oh. people crave like an honest product. That's true. So I must be fully honest here and say okay. that I did not watch any of these games we're about to talk about. I, I think the honesty endears you beyond what you already do for the listeners. Luckily, I watched a ton, a crap ton okay. um, and was up late watching, watched some today. And I have 100% correct opinions and analysis of the games. So beautiful. So lucky, everybody. I was basking in the bright lights of Yankee Stadium. Yeah, well, so you saw one game. Lehigh Lafayette, hashtag rivalry 150. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about that later as well. Yes. Uh, I mean, what, by later, I mean, that's the headline game of the weekend. Sure. But uh, fun times? Good times, good times. And it, it was good to get there early and get the lay of the land for the pinstripe bowl. Yes, yes, it was. Let's move on. Week 13 reverbs. Let's have a listen. Hi, everyone. My name's Kent, and I'm a Penn State football fan. 
Hey guys, it's Lindsay from Kentucky. Hey guys, it's Adam from Dallas. Brian from New York. Hey Dan Ty, this is Dominic from Austin, Texas. Hey, this is Roscoe in Little Rock. UCLA runs LA face paint. Also, Seven Wind Steve is back. I, I, I think I've reached a new level of understanding with the Seven Wind Steve era at USC. I wanted to apologize for confusing a celebrity hot tub tie-in Dan sighting for Cal's offensive line. They were atrocious. Ty is certainly one smart Notre Dame fan heading to Yankee Stadium to watch the Lehigh Lafayette game to watch some real football. Oh, my God. I think Notre Dame's defense is historically bad. Everett Giveaway Golson is in the building. It is time for Mr. and Mrs. Golson to get their refund from George Whitfield because whatever he was doing for the past year obviously has not worked. It's not really the college kickers, but I guess the college holders would be the biggest problem for our season. Well, it looks like 7-5 and five sounds pretty good right about now. Go Irish. Just asking everyone what their favorite Florida State 2014 loss is. Go Knowles, baby. Congratulations, Dan. The Toilet Bowl is no longer the worst football game of all time. I don't know why I just watched that Virginia Tech Wake Forest game. Terrible. An ugly future display of games this week was summed up by... The 6-3 double overtime victory by Wake Forest over Virginia Tech. If nobody scores in overtime ever, will the game just continue to go on? Hey, Dan, if you get tired of tacos, the Winston-Salem Golden Corral is serving roast turkey platters 50% off. Go Deeks. I think this week we learned that Arkansas really is the best worst team out there in college football. Oh, no, Dr. Bo. What's your favorite scoring drive the Arkansas defense has given up the past two weeks? I think Dr. Bo just got awarded a study abroad fellowship. The drive for six is still alive. Go Illini. This was a good Saturday to run errands for my wife. So driving through suburban Chicago, I've got the Penn State-Illinois game on the radio because I can deal with punishment better than most people. So I'm just wondering when the Gophers go from overrated to just really freaking good. Jerry Kill has made this so much fun. Thundering her are 11 and 0. Every team has that one game that's a lot closer than it should, and this UAB game was Marshall's. Never could I ever imagine that I would be spending my 3.30 afternoon on a Saturday watching Lehigh versus Lafayette and feeling so hyped. We had an Arkansas fan waxing poetic. I'm the Arkansas hyperbolic poet. I'm sure that'll be what it is. But you cannot deny that performance tonight. All right. There you have it. I thought there was more there, but yeah, no, uh, that was that. That was that. I he really was one with the dramatic pauses to make you think there would be more. Yeah, not so much. I've got a board here in front of me that tells yeah. me when these things end, and I still wasn't prepared for that. Big mm-hmm. thanks to our friend Taylor from Red yes. Shell Radio for throwing the reverbs together for us. So, where where do you want to start? I l- let me come at it from this perspective. Okay. First and foremost, we're not editing any of this tonight because I'm tired and it's my birthday and <laughs> I won't edit if I don't want to. I so don't with that. Here, here is where I was at watching this game, watching the scoreboards, I should say, while I was at the Lehigh Lafayette game in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I had questions about what I was seeing as I'm checking the score center app, as I'm checking the Sportacular app, the score app. 
Um, the first and most foremost question in my mind was what the hell is going on with Florida State? We mentioned this one on Wednesday, this Florida yeah. State BC game, almost as an afterthought, but kind of in that, hey, uh, you know, you never know kind of a tone. Right. And then sure enough, Boston College goes out there, almost shocks the world. This game had the feel of a game where Boston College could have actually pulled that upset. In the end, they fall three points short, 20 to 17. But what happened here that this game was so close? What what was the turning point for Boston College that, I guess, allowed them to hang with Florida State for four quarters instead of going the route of so many other teams where Florida State just zoomed into the lead in the second half? A number of factors, both that were in Florida state's control and out of their control. It was a sloppy weather situation. It was rainy and mucky and it was, it was just gross out. Um, Florida state, as well as Jameis Winston played at times. Uh, It didn't seem to matter because there were drop, 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 drop by pretty much everybody on Florida state. They took advantage of every, you ready for a tie? Yeah. Drop opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, you like that? The pun uh, gun. And, the pun and, gun lives. And Boston College, as sort of limited as they are on offense, they called a weird double pass to Tyler Murphy that really was just a bad pass, and he was kind of wide open. That would have, I believe, taken the lead late in the game. Florida State was unable to stop the run. They're they're a little bit soft on the inside, as good as Eddie Goldman appears at times to make plays. They're just not the team they were last season against the run and a team like Boston college, which is so specific and direct with what they want to do can take advantage. It can keep drives going for a long, the world, this game was characterized by long drives. Roberto, um, what's his name? Aguayo, Aguayo. The missed his first kick in, uh, in Doak. And it was just an all around. It was another sloppy performance that Florida state used its superior coaching and talent to win. But at this point, 13 weeks into the season, Florida State is definitely better than the rest of the ACC. And that's the extent of what I can what I can say without uh, without going too far, because, again, this is this is a Boston College team that lost to. And I do not mean this as a slight to Colorado State, Colorado State, 10 and one Colorado State, really good, amazing Colorado State, a Mountain West team. Mm. So. This is a a strange point, but this is what Florida State is right now. They are a survive and advance team. They've won whatever it is, 27, 28 straight. And that's a mark of a good team beating Boston College the way they did, beating North Carolina State, beating Miami, beating all of these teams in the manner that they have means they're not showing themselves at this point to be a great one. There was also a bit of debate over whether Jameis Winston should have been ejected. Oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame as, as well. Notre Dame, list. thank you. Yeah. Thanks for throwing um, that in there, Dan. Yeah, no problem. That was, that was, actually, you know what? I, I respectfully withdraw that comment as your birthday present. Thank, see, now that's what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, uh, no, Jameis Winston, right? There was some debate over whether he should have been ejected. At the end, he's trying to get the snap off, the officials in the way. He kind of right. like, not ejected, really, definitely a flag. Yeah, I mean, if you read the headlines, it's like he threw him down no. and put him in the Boston crab. He just kind of right. nudged him out of the way a little bit. And Mike Pereira, I saw, wrote something for Fox saying that he thought he should have been ejected. That to me isn't even the point here. Let's spare everyone that debate. Let's spare everyone the weird debate over whether Florida State's one of the best four teams, because you're going right. to hear that in like two days when we give the next set of rankings out. Mm hmm. Instead, let's just look at that Florida game 
let's look at that Georgia Tech game for Florida State. FSU is not great against teams that can run. They really aren't. I'm not going to predict upsets. I'm not going to predict anything crazy, at least not yet. But I think the point is that there are some testers for Florida State still. I mean, I don't think Florida's going to do it, but Georgia Tech could be a potentially bothersome game. There, there are a few games on that schedule yet that could give Florida State a little bit more trouble than you might think if you just look at records. Yeah, I mean, Florida State is, they're basically just fine against the run. They're not anything terrible, but they're not certainly representative of what they could be given the talent level in that front. That's seven. right. That's right. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> while we're talking about the ACC, we got a couple calls about this. Wake 6, Virginia Tech 3. Yeah, we this was one of the items we discussed on Wake Up College Football and It's a website. In um, double overtime. This game, no no points in regulation. Right. Um, no touchdowns. This game set back whatever it is you already thought ACC football was or was not considerably. I was thinking about this game. I, I was just sort of noticing the game on the bottom line. And I, you know, for some of the early games, I was watching ESPN goal line where they go between a lot of games um, and saw updates there. It was, if you gave two chimpanzees PlayStation controllers <laughs> and a copy of NCAA football, it felt like they'd be in more command of an offense than what Virginia tech and wake did in this game. It was extraordinarily horrid eight for 35 combined on third downs between the two teams. Yeah, this is as much of I, as much as I am the surest thing in college football picking, this is the on field equivalent of how successful I am picking games correctly. Yeah, this was, this couldn't be happier. Bad, bad football game. Yeah. Uh, Wake does get the win though. So (laughs) good on the demon Deacons for, now you Virginia know. Virginia Tech is four bowl eligibility. Yeah. Can we move away from the ACC for a moment and just come back? Virginia killed Miami. We'll get back to that. Virginia um, killed Miami. Go ahead. Um, let's go to the SEC because there is something. There are two teams in the SEC that early on in the season, I could not imagine being the stories of the SEC after week 13. Okay. Missouri and Arkansas who play next week. Yep. Mind you, and we'll get to that Wednesday. Missouri needed to beat Tennessee, which they did. And now they need to beat. um, Arkansas, which I just mentioned to make the, uh, the SEC championship game and take the East Missouri in all likelihood has a better defense than they did last year. And last year's defense was nasty. Yeah, they were good. Um, and Arkansas has a lot of point in eight quarters. Arkansas's defense. They're really, really good. By the way, I need to play a sound here. They lost their defensive coordinator to Ohio state. It's a first year. Rob Smith, first year defensive coordinator for Arkansas without Chris Ash, who moves on. They are, Play the sound tie. I don't know if that's the sound you meant. That's the sound that I wanted to play talking about Arkansas Ole Miss. Please. All right. That was the boat race, but we can play the Bert sound if you want to go there, too. No, that's fine, too. Oh, that's so nice, Bert. <laughs> we'll talk about both these teams. I want to start yes. with Arkansas, though, because they won 30 to nil over Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, as you mentioned, is totally getting better they're they're improving in leaps and bounds you see it week in and week out obviously they're getting better offensively a little bit more efficient with the football defensively though is really where the story's been recently as they've just been so stout no one could score on them right 
Pick them in your bowl confidence pool, people. Put like 30 <laughs> points on it because they're going to get into some mid to lower tier bowl by virtue of yeah. their record and wherever they finish in the SEC. And they're going to run some team off the field. This is a really good football team. And they're only getting better if you are an Arkansas fan, as again, we had a caller who was right. You've got a lot to be excited about because it seems as if they're doing what you want teams to do at the end of a season. Right. Remember, like two years ago or three years ago with Notre Dame, they went to the Sun Bowl against Miami and they were just awesome. You could tell that they were peaking. They were coming into their own. You knew the next season. Right. They were going to be better. We've seen that with teams like Ole Miss. Uh-huh. This is what you want to see if you're an Arkansas fan. Your team peaking down the stretch, getting better. Yeah. They could well beat me. I don't know. I mean, who do you favor in Arkansas against Missouri next week? Oh, I favor Missouri right now just because I don't know what Brandon Allen's status is. He hurt his hip and didn't play the second half. Right. And Shane Ray and Marcus Golden and uh, Brothers, the linebacker, their their front seven is so good. And I can't imagine a backup quarterback. I think his name is also Allen, Austin Allen, maybe. Yep. Is gonna is gonna succeed on any real level, but we'll see. Um, so I, you know, I that's cursory, but like our as as for Arkansas, Ole Miss. Ole Miss came out like they forgot there was a game on Saturday. Mind you, sloppy conditions. um, And Ole Miss moved the ball a little bit. I think they may have been outgained Arkansas, but they once into the red zone, the, what I kept coming back to in my head visually, because I'm a weird person is if Arkansas's defense became a singular object, it was like a big, angry, souped up garbage truck, swallowing footballs and stopping and just, big, just smelly and destructive and everything you want in a defense. Um, they weren't able to run the ball all that well, Ole Miss, cause they never are. <laughs> and Arkansas ran the ball fine. Uh, Dr. Bo was pretty atrocious. The, the whole offense was atrocious. The defense was actually fine, but there's only so much you can do yeah. with six turnovers in the kind of field position that means. So Ole Miss I mean, beat up going into this game. So I guess maybe they get like an eighth of a pass, but not really. Uh, if we're going to consider them to be a top 10 team, the standard for the, for a top 10 team is finding the motivation to compete week in and week out. Yeah. And they, they just didn't have it. Ole Miss was, and is in the present tense, not as good as Arkansas. That's the reality. And Arkansas is big and nasty and they don't need all that much to upset you and make you look terrible. Yeah. We should have played this too. It's a trap. It's a trap. Remember that sound that we played the other night? <laughs> yes, I do. I don't even know if this was a trap here, to be honest, but um, Arkansas gets the job it done. It could have been Third. a look-ahead spot, perhaps. Look-ahead spot, I, I guess. I mean, these are two ships going in opposite directions. That's the point you need to make. Mississippi has lost three consecutive SEC games after starting the year 7-0. and I saw a comment by Hugh Freeze. He said that he's certain their confidence is probably not the same as it was a month ago, which I think with all due respect to coach freeze is probably a gross understatement. Right. And as you said, Arkansas now has an opportunity to really do some damage in the sec. They've gotten the monkey off their back. Mm-hmm. They've won two straight sec games, which is a big deal for them. And now they've got Missouri, a team that found a way once again to win on the road. This was a game against Tennessee. I think Tennessee was favored by three, right? headed into this football game and Missouri just finds ways to win. They just find uh, ways yeah, well, it's to a win. Very direct way. I mean, the special teams for Missouri was particularly awful against Tennessee. And that was almost a, almost that they, they 
uh, I'm not, I'm going to find the right word here. That was almost a giveaway situation, giving the game away, but Missouri's got an exceptionally good defense. They run the ball really well. The Murphy Hansboro combo is great. Matty mock is, uh, at best a below average quarterback, but they were able to move the ball after some unfortunate drops early and Missouri will out safe you out, not mistake you. I don't know. They'll, they'll protect the ball better than just about everybody. And they will make you uncomfortable rushing only four on defense, which is if you can, if you can rush four and get pressure and stop the run, that's, that's danger. That's danger, danger, danger. Yeah. Well, Missouri, I don't know. There's just nothing to latch on there. It, nothing to latch on to there. Is great. It's the defense, the defense great. I guess, but it, it almost kind of annoys me as a fan. Because I feel like they're, I, I don't know, every year with Missouri, I have a hard time figuring out like why I should root for this team. And we had Henry Josie. We had that whole thing. And that was easier, I oh, think, from me, a fan's perspective. Michael but, Sam and Coney Ely last year. DGB, yeah. when we assumed he was just like any other wide risk, like insanely talented wide receiver who didn't get into trouble, allegedly. There were things to like about Missouri in years past. That, I'm not saying there aren't things to like. I'm just saying it's it's just tough for whatever reason. And maybe this is just me. You know tough, what it is? I th- it's tough to find things to latch onto there. And I I don't know why. I just feel like if you went on the street and had like 50 college football fans lined up. Right. And you asked them all, hey, what do you think of Missouri this year? You probably it's, get 25 who said they're pretty good. And then 25 that say, yeah, they suck. I, I don't feel like anyone really knows Missouri. They're operating underneath such a they're, they're, they're so much below the radar that because they are in the SEC, they're in a division that started the season off so poorly that we turned our attention to the division, the SEC that appeared to be so much better still is the better division, but got so much attention nationally. Yeah. Missouri loses two ga- stupid, stupid games, the Indiana game and the Georgia game. Not that George losing to Georgia was stupid, losing scoring zero points is stupid. So it, it's very easily in the back of your mind to write off future Missouri results without realizing one, that there were a couple of issues. Marcus golden was out. Um, and that they needed to figure out a way to become a good team without a good quarterback, which yeah. can happen. LSU football from the entirety of the Les miles era with the small, small Zach Mettenberger blip. Um, but you need time to adjust to that. And I think Gary Pinkle needed that time. And now here we are with Maddie mock being again, below average. They have two really good running backs and they've got an outstanding and defense. perhaps the most underrated defense because they are also nasty in the country. The only other game between SEC teams was Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. Right. And look. That was very kind of you to call Vanderbilt an SEC team. <laughs> this game was Jim Carrey's dream sequence from the first Dumb and Dumber. You know what yeah. I mean? Like where he rips the guy's heart out and gives mm-hmm. it to him in the doggy bag. Yep. 51 nothing Mississippi State. Been a rough year for Derek Mason at Vandy. You hope he mm-hmm. can get things back on track, but... um. Thus far, early returns have not been there no. for the Commodores. Mississippi State needed a win like this. They needed a win like this. They needed an impressive win. Granted, it was over Vanderbilt. They still get the job done winning by 51. Otherwise, in the SEC, it really was like little sisters of the poor week because Florida crushed Eastern Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Georgia had Charleston Southern. South Carolina had South Alabama. Bama had, which Carolina is this? 
Western. Western Carolina. Whose coach criticized Kirk Herbstreit for saying Bama shouldn't be and made these major teams and FBS teams shouldn't be scheduling these November games. I mean, I don't really care that they're November. It's September. I'm sort of anti yeah. uh, FBS, FCS. I don't like it when Oregon does it. I don't like it when other teams that I want to watch play real games do it. And uh, he criticized them because, you know, teams like Alabama apparently fund. This is what I'm quoting their head coach fund their entire athletic department. And then he said, Kirk Herbstreit's never had calluses and he's never been a coach and dur dur. I'm making myself more idiotic looking by the word dur dur because Kirk Herbstreit is right. Yeah. Well, I mean, from our perspective, he's right. Yeah. From the perspective look, of, of a power five fan, he's right. But I, I would, I have no problem with an FCS team wanting to play FBS teams and getting the payday and the increased ability to challenge better competition and, and make yourselves better. But you should be playing teams on your own level. Major league teams don't play triple a teams. Uh, NFL teams don't play college teams or arena league teams. And suddenly college football, it's okay to go down a level. That's just strange to me. Yeah. All right. Where else do we want to go here? Let's uh, you want to go big 12. Um, yeah, we can go big 12. We can go pack 12. Both of them had, had pretty exciting weekends. All right, let's go pack 12. Since that's your thing. The big game in the pack 12. Yes. Was UCLA USC. You were, supremely confident about UCLA in this game. Yes. You liked USC. I, I liked USC. Sark Vember in a positive way. Sark Vember um, was what or I went Steve with before. Yeah. yeah. I, it was more like Sarktober in November, like a right. Christmas in July situation. Yeah. Which about I, when we were talking about Vanderbilt, I just want to get this in because I couldn't stop thinking about it. If Derek Mason goes back to work at Stanford, like the George Costanza, yeah, like, pretend like he never quit and never left <laughs> Stanford might be like, all right. Okay. Actually, no, the Stanford's defense is fine. They need Pep Hamilton to do that. Um, continue. Sorry. Pac 12. Oh my God. Well, UCLA hammered USC for pretty they much did. the second quarter on. I, I did yeah. see chunks of this game and a great tweet from our friend from solid verbal weekend host, Ryan Nanny. Hmm. He said, vote for your favorite USC halftime adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> a slightly less button polo B new text alert sound C switch to tropical starburst. That's huge. That's a huge adjustment. You make that move. You're telling the world that you are saucy. Brett Hundley was really good in this game. Yeah. Didn't seem like USC had any answer. They, they weren't able to make those adjustments, which as we discussed this morning, when we did meet up, which mm -hmm. was cool, by the way, it was, yeah. good to, it was good to see your face. Yes. Um, it is so counter to have a USC team now that's unable to make those adjustments because when Pete Carroll was ripping his way through the Pac-12 and being huge on the national scene, mm -hmm. that was kind of their call sign. Yes. Those second half adjustments. That's what made USC USC. You ever watch Top Chef, Ty? Yeah. You ever see that show? Yeah, yeah, Chopped, yeah. Where they like they, they do challenges where they limit your comfort level. They say, okay, we need you to make this four course dinner, but only using plastic utensils. And all of a sudden people are like trying to butcher a, a side of beef with a plastic knife and fork. Yeah. At a certain point in the second half of the season, that's what USC is trying to do. They've got the brightest and shiniest plastic furniture, but those scholarship restrictions that they're still trying to work back from, I don't know how many, the, the exact number that they fielded uh, scholarship players, 48 or 50, 47, whatever it was against UCLA. It's impossible. And this is something we saw over the course of the season. They, they weren't finishing games. They weren't able to 
play strong in the fourth quarter because their guys were playing so many snaps and were playing so beat up and weren't getting spelled at all by quality depth. And it really sort of, it, it showed last night that they were 70% of a football team, 63% of a football team. And I don't, I'm not going to completely write off Sark because he is dealing with that handicap, but at the same time, he is, he is, in possession of a, a depth chart that is quite, quite talented that has shown flashes, especially in the first halves of games. And USC was so thoroughly outclassed from almost the opening whistle. Brett Hundley did a opening kick. I don't think there's a whistle that starts football games. Brett Hundley threw a bad pick six early, an uncharacteristic one, but you know what? Great play from USC dropping into zone coverage. They, they had a bad, he had a bad sort of fumble snap error in the fourth quarter that led to, I think that that will led to UCLA not scoring right near the end zone. If those two things don't happen, this game is even uglier and this game was never really a game. This was USC essentially scored one offensive touchdown until a meaningless moment in the fourth quarter. And UCLA has gotten so much better rushing the passer granted against the USC offensive line that started two or three freshmen. Uh, Their coverage has gotten so much better against a combination of Nelson Aguilar and Chuju Smith. That is not, uh, that is not a, an insignificant duo um, and Cody Kessler. And this is something we've talked about earlier on very good against average and underwhelming teams and just pretty good against teams with winning records. UCLA is a team with a winning record. They've gotten better. Paul Perkins established himself. He didn't have a great game, but UCLA was without a doubt, the more complete, the more prepared, the better coached, the deeper team on Saturday night. And, uh, and it showed it. Now UCLA controls its own destiny in the pac 12. Yeah. They beat Stanford there. They win the South. They go to the championship game. If they lose the winner of the territorial cup, Arizona, Arizona state goes to the championship game. UCLA has Stanford. It's difficult. It's a, it's a tough spot, but, um, a team that has certainly gotten better in November, which is like sec teams, only the exact opposite. Um, the other thing I'd point out about, uh, USC, yeah. They close out their season with my beloved Fighting Irish. Mm-hmm. We can talk, if you want to, about the Louisville-Notre Dame game a little bit later, not right yes. now. What do you think the opening line is on that uh, Notre Dame-USC game? I've got it in front of me. It just opened a short while ago. Take a guess. I'm, and I definitely won't be talking about it on Easy Call because I'm going to try to avoid watching this game. Uh, it, where's the game? The game is in Southern California. Mm, okay, so at least Notre Dame players have that going for it. Um Take a guess. This this line to me, I I thought was surprising. USC minus two and a half. USC is favored by seven. Wow, really? That feels like a lot of points to me. In all fairness, even even plumbing the depths of USC this season, they didn't lose to Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we weren't doing this on my birthday. Uh, the hell, man. Ty, you are so much better than all things Notre Dame. I don't associate you with that. All right. Um, Elsewhere in the Pac-12, Arizona State struggled a little bit with Washington State. Pulled away late, though, yeah. Pulled away. They won by three scores. Arizona hammered Utah. We both liked Utah. The final here was... Really impressive from Arizona. Yeah, 42-10 to on the road. A nice win for them as they head into their big rivalry against Arizona State. Almost a theme. Like, hey, this team looked really good. In spite of its quarterback. Right. Because <laughs> the new Solomon was not good one. I mean, he was fine. He just wasn't efficient. The offense never really clicked through the air. But you know what? 
when the, when that sort of thing happens, you look at the running back column, you watch the game like, oh, well, Nick Wilson was flipping spectacular. That makes sense. Uh, Washington knocked off Oregon State and yes. Stanford hung 38 on Cal. Did you see the Twitter rant by Michael Silver of the NFL? I did not. What did he have to say? Michael Silver. You know, Michael Silver's been a sports writer. SI. An yeah. NFL guy for a long time. Right. He's with the NFL now and he's a Cal guy. And he just went off on the Cal coaching staff about how this is essentially the biggest game of the year. And yet you bring Cal out there looking wholly unprepared, mm-hmm. wholly unprepared and how that's an embarrassment to Cal. And how you could get people to come in there and turn Jared Goff into more, to turn that receiving core into more. He was very, very agitated by what he saw. Yeah. You lose 38-17 to your big rival. I, I get that. I get that. Um, it was funny. If you have a chance, go and check that out. <laughs> you should, if you really, if Stanford fans, go ahead and check that out. Check that out. So there's your Pac-12 update let's go to the big 12 now oh, well, it her. was also marcus Mariota's last game in oh that's Watson. right that was pretty cool uh, 44 yeah, to 10 the, yeah 44 to 10 uh probably wasn't even that close and oregon is oregon state and they are in a, a very comfortable seat heated driver's seat uh to go to the playoff if they win out and look good in the pac-12 championship who, who and whatever you, who would you rather they face in the pac-12 championship as an oregon fan um, wow. My computer just made a dinging sound right after you asked that question completely unrelated. And it, nice. <laughs> it was great. Um, I would want Oregon to in the PAC 12 championship game. I think of ASU, UCLA and Arizona. I think I would prefer as an Oregon fan, Arizona state, just because I think they can be run on. And I am positive that Oregon's offensive coaching staff can figure out their defense more than they can. Arizona's three, three, five and UCLA is at this point playing the second best football in the pac 12 and yeah. Arizona state. I still have questions about Taylor Kelly. DJ Foster's really good. Their defense. That's Marcus Hardison for Arizona state had a very nice day on Saturday and looks to be a, like an NFL defensive lineman. But Beyond that, I think Arizona State can be had more easily than than we think. I mean, Oregon State took them down. Yeah, this is true. Okay. Recently. Big 12. Yes. We'll go to Thursday. K-State won 26-20 on the road against West Virginia. A huge passing game for Jake Waters. Yes. 22 of 34, 400 yards. Tyler Lockett, as you might imagine, on the receiving end mm-hmm. of quite a few passes. 10 for 196. Noted ninth year senior Tyler Lock. That's right. the The difference here might have been Clint Trickett. He ha- he got a concussion. Yeah. Skylar Howard came in in relief and he looked pretty good. But he he looked he looked pretty decent. Yeah. He he did. But the problem is, if you give K State four turnovers, you're gonna lose. That's it, that's that's what K State does. If you give them the ball four extra times, chances are you're gonna lose. And they go on the road. Nice win in Morgantown. They've got a big one coming up next week against Baylor. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought a really impressive road win for these guys. Um, I, I agree. Is the Baylor game is, uh, not next week. I believe it's in two weeks. Okay. Two Kansas weeks. State gets Kansas this coming week. Okay. My and bad. then Baylor. Cause the, the big 12, like scheduling all their, their big games. Right, late. I think right. Bedlam game. same. Yeah. In any case, um, you're not the tallest gentleman, but can you, uh, move your feet like four feet apart from each other? Yeah. That's more net 
distance of rushing than Kansas State had against West Virginia. <laughs> mine are mine are at the moment four feet spread apart. That's yep. That's that's a greater distance than the one net yard that Kansas State had rushing. Uh, they they're a little bit more tentative about letting Jake Waters run. He obviously threw the ball quite well. Still some sort of discipline issue for Kansas State um, in figuring out how to rush the ball, but it's. Um, that that game against Baylor because they were able to keep West Virginia in front of them. A great P one of the, you know what I, I enjoy a pass interference that actually works out for the defense. Yeah. Kansas state uh, basically tackled Mario Alford instead of letting him catch a, a pass over the same in the end zone. And then the subsequent play West Virginia fumbled the ball. Nice. So good for decision-making. Uh, yeah. Kansas State's a good team. They're not a great team. They're not a complete team. They are certainly a step back from where they were with Colin Klein his senior year, but um, they should give anybody in the country trouble. That Baylor game will be uh, quite interesting. I'm looking yes. forward to that one in uh, two weeks, if I yeah. understand you correctly. Baylor, an interesting day themselves. Uh, Baylor did have an interesting day themselves. 49 to 28 over yes. Okie State. 49-28. Uh, Bryce Petty, not the greatest day. He started the game out really well through a couple of bombs, but it was about Baylor's defense, mostly containing Oklahoma state until later on Mason Rudolph in at quarterback for Oklahoma state. And by the way, how yeah. many quarterbacks are on that roster? There's there, there are many, there I are feel like many there's quarterbacks. 85 quarterbacks in that roster. I never know who's playing quarterback. It's uh it's a, it's a situation where they're just sort of thumbing their nose at USC. Like we have all sorts of depth and <laughs> it's not very good, but um Baylor's defense was good, a little bit vanilla, and they they certainly looked the part of a, a top six, seven team at this point, if not higher. And Oklahoma State, we figured it was going to be a down year, but it's it's looking almost disastrous as they're now down to their third string quarterback. Um, okay, Texas Tech won. They beat Iowa State, whatever. And then there was Oklahoma, Kansas, forty four to seven. Yeah, the Sooners take it to. Kansas, and this was really interesting for sorry, a number Melvin of reasons. Gordon. Yeah, sorry, Melgore. Where are you? Melgore. Activated. More like deactivated, am I right? Um, you nailed it, Ty. Samaje yeah. Pirine. Yeah. He's a freshman. He scampers his way to a new record. He breaks Melvin Gordon's week old record. 427 yards, five touchdowns on 35 carries. And here's a fun fact for you. In iOS 8, if you type in Samaje, S-A-M-A-J-E, it autocorrects to damage. So there's that. Really? Try it out. All right. That makes sense. That's a good autocorrect. Ty, I want you to spread your legs 1,269 (laughs) feet apart from each other because that's more yards. That's more feet than Samaje P. Ryan ran for. Um, Samaje P. Ryan did not have the hype of Joe Mixon coming into the season. The the suspended indefinitely Joe Mixon did not have the, the sort of name recognition as Keith Ford coming into the season is the star of this offense. Um, Trevor Knight was the name. Obviously he doesn't play. Cody Thomas comes in and Oklahoma kills an FBS team in spite of what tie <laughs> it's quarterback it's quarterback. That's right. Yeah. It's that was, that was yeah. a nice, nice theme of yesterday. Um, yeah. Kansas is real bad. Samaje P run is really good. Hence that score. Yeah. 427 yards. 
I mean, I guess we're going to play it for Melgor. We got to do it for P. Ryan. P. Ryan. P. Ryan. Ryan. That's enough of that. You like that? I do. Okay. Uh, Big 10. Big 10. One other fun fact on Samaj P. Ryan. He had eight rushes of 20. This is according to our friend Brett McMurphy from ESPN. P. Ryan had eight rushes of at least 20 yards versus Kansas. That's more than 19 FBS teams have this season. Correct. So good for them. Big. That is ridiculous. Big. uh, Where are we going? Big 10, you say? Yeah. All right. The drive for six. I'm going to I'm going to rip through these. The drive. And I want you to tell me what you know of these. Illinois. Illinois 16. Penn State 14. Yeah. What it what is this? Uh, It's. It's Riley O'Toole time. Yeah. Um, this is Penn State's offense. That was, what is Penn State? What do they say? They say, we are. Yeah. That was Penn State's offense. Um, yeah. Hack was not particularly good. What the it, offensive line was not, they had a good game on the ground, good enough game on the ground. Akil Penn State. got going, which is good to see them get something going yeah. on the ground, but had a long run. So let, let me ask you a question. Hmm. How closely have you watched Penn State? I know you don't want to, but how closely have you followed what's been what's been going on at Penn State? Uh, some of the bigger games, not not okay. a lot of the the smaller events that they've been involved in. So obviously, you know they've got a really good defense. Yes. Obviously, you know about the problems with depth across the board, particularly with players along that offensive line. Totally. The offensive line problems been a not unlike what USC has had to deal with. It's not so far fetched that. Christian Hackenberg would regress this year, given the fact that he hasn't really had time to and throw a the new football. coach, a new system. Correct. Totally makes sense. At what point though, do you start wondering if there's more to it? At what point do you start wondering whether Hackenberg's in a bad system, whether the coaches and what they're trying to feed him um, are incompatible with his skill set? Like at what point is it something more than just the offensive line because Illinois is terrible. Even if you've got a bad offensive line, you right. still should be looking better than Christian Hackenberg looked right. this past weekend. I'm starting to, I've been on this company line for weeks now, like, Oh, it's just the offensive line and they're going to get better. And you know, I, James Franklin's a, a ace recruiter. He's going to bring guys in, you know, also lost his safety valve and Allen Robinson lost his safety yeah. valve, of course. But like at some point, Yes. You got to start asking the hard questions. Like, is that what I should even be saying at this point? Because here is, it does seem like hack has really, really regressed as the years gone on. My general thought two years in is you're no longer a five-star recruit. You're a a college quarterback two years in. We can't just say he's got all the talent in the world. No. Well, it's a results based industry and hack hasn't had the results he'd like to. He's, he's at unfortunate handicaps, the depth issues, the system change, the loss, the attrition, whatever. Um, Cody Kessler has succeeded with a, a patchwork offensive line. Granted, his receiving targets, but like he's he's had basically no tight end of any note. Um, and Juju Smith and Nelson Aguilar are good. Christian Hackenberg has had moments where he's gone into his drop, has had time to step into the pocket in a rhythm and make a throw, and has hesitated. And quarterbacks aren't these just uniquely talented individuals in a vacuum. They lose confidence. They lose bravado. They lose poise. And at this point, it's definitely fair to say Christian Hackenberg 
may have made and not knowing that Bill O'Brien was going to leave. And obviously O'Brien was instrumental in his own development. Um, not unfair to say whether it's Hackenberg's fault or not, that the decision to keep his Penn state commitment, knowing what they were going through, it's an admirable personal choice. It may not have been a good professional and football choice. I want to know what people out there, because he would be starting for Alabama right now. Oh, totally. I, I want to yeah. know what people think. I want to know what Penn State fans think of Hackenberg in that situation. I am squarely on the fence. I really do believe in the coaching staff. Right. I think they will get this thing turned around. They came in at a they've weird been recruiting time. Quite well. They've been recruiting very, very well, though they've lost a few commitments lately. Yeah. I just want to know if people think there's more to this than just a bad hand this year with offensive line and depth and all that other stuff. So, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a bad mix of events at the moment. Solidverbal yeah. at gmail.com. I saw Ohio State had trouble for a while with Indiana before they pulled away. Ohio State can't stop the run. They've got great guys to get into the backfield and sack quarterbacks. They don't stop the run all that well. Uh, it was a nice day. I think what's his name? Josh Perry, the linebacker seeming to be in on every single tackle. The, the defense is not particularly on the level of the number before Ohio state's ranking, or that is Ohio state's ranking. Uh, they had lapses in the secondary tackling in the open field. Tevin Coleman, I know had at least one long run, had a very nice day for Indiana. Excuse me. SEC East champion, Indiana. <laughs> um, and uh, Ohio state as sort of lapsy and underwhelming as they were defensively had a great second half from JT Barrett, who didn't look particularly good in the first half and Jalen Marshall, the sort of semi maligned Jalen Marshall plays a sort of hybrid role in that offense. Um, I don't I, I hate saying like, he's like their Percy Harvin. No, whatever. He's Jalen Marshall had a very nice punt return. Great through the air. Um, he had a very nice day, a very versatile playmaker for Ohio state that eventually they got into much more of a rhythm in the second half. But yeah, that defense especially if they have to play Melvin Gordon as Wisconsin still alive in the, uh, the division race to play Ohio state in the big 10 championship. Melvin Gordon is going to pose a, an enormous issue for this Ohio state defense who that side of the ball was their undoing against Michigan state last year with Connor cook tearing yeah. them apart. This is an issue that is worth paying attention to because Ohio state against the run is decidedly flat and average. Yeah, and they're going to have a chance potentially to deal with Melvin Gordon. Still a man, still not 40. <laughs> no. But Melgore. Yeah. Melgore. Melgore, 31 carries, 200 mm -hmm. yards, two touchdowns as Wisconsin ekes one out over Iowa, 26 to 24. He really is their entire offense. I saw they were better passing yep. the football. Yeah, he was, I mean, he goes 11 of 14. He doesn't throw any picks. I mean, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield a ton, um, but from what he could have been throwing ground balls. I mean, what, what were we saying about him the at the yips. beginning of this season? He didn't know how to release a football from his hands confidently. We we need somebody to nominate Joel Stave's yips I, <laughs> for something, for anything yeah. in our Verbi voting. Joel Stave's um, yips to me is one of my favorite stories this year. Yes, he he did pretty well in a pretty conservative passing game plan against Iowa yesterday. But yeah, he has not been he has not added a ton to uh, Wisconsin stretching the field. Melvin Gordon, 200 yards. Very nice day. Um, and Iowa through the air. 
Yeah. Jake, Jake Redock. Really good. Really good at spreading the ball around. Had some nice deep throws. Really uh, giving Iowa a chance to uh, to win bigger games without the the sort of signature Hawkeye run game where we've sort of gotten used to four and a half yards in a cloud of dust. Not even a reality this year. Not even four yards. No, no, they've looked uh, pretty decent here. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's got another year. Maybe they found their quarterback. I think they they definitely have. Elsewhere, Minnesota beat Nebraska 28-24. Minnesota's a good football team. They are they are the number 25 football team in the country always and forever. Northwestern knocks off Purdue. Michigan State takes it to Rutgers 45 to 3 and Maryland knocks off Michigan 23 to 17. Is Michigan getting a new coach next year? Yes, definitely. You think so? Definitely? Oh, yeah. I think they definitely are. Uh, Michigan's interim AD was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one making the decision. I'm going to be the one. He, he seemed a little bit too excited that he gets to fire Brady Hope. Like, no, no, it's uh, it's me. Like uh, the scene in office space where Michael Bolton gets the bat and he yes. can take it to the copier. Uh, there, there is going to be some excitement because Michigan's going to have a new coach next year. All right. Well, we'll see who's going to be the coach at Florida. <sighs> It's oh, a great question. Uh, Dabo Swinney is sort of side sidestepping. Not not a Clemson man. Didn't go to Clemson. Right. Um, and could see that. I mean, good recruiter. Uh, I saw you made, guys made were talking very about good hiring decisions. You guys were talking about uh, Mike Gundy. I saw an SB Nation order, Mike article. Mike Gundy. Yeah. Um, it's a possibility. Although, like, the Gundy thing is interesting to me because I'm not sure. he He has all the money he can he can use in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He has the facilities. It, it seems like he generally has the support, but, and he's, he's made good hires to run the offense. It was very big of him to delegate after being very stubborn, delegating to, to Holgerson to uh, whom I think of Todd Munkin. It was uh it's an unfortunate situation at the moment, but I think they're just going to, they're going to be much better next season. They lost so much. Um, I would imagine Dabo is a realistic thing. I would see. I real. I I interviewed Jesse Palmer last week for uh, yeah. on explanation. I told him to. I was like, give me a name that an uninformed. Like if you don't have any insight, just give me a name that you think would make a lot of sense for for Florida. Florida grad pays attention. SEC network. David Cutcliffe is what he told me. Really, it was all I could do not to laugh in his face. <laughs> it was all I could do. It was. He's a 60-year-old dude going on 75 who's done a fantastic job at Duke with heart problems. Florida State's not hiring a 60-year-old with heart problems. Um, or excuse me, if I say Florida State, Florida. Yeah. Um, who else makes sense? Hudspeth, maybe? Um, there just aren't a lot of names out there that seem like Florida they've got a whole lot of legs. It might be the best job in the country. There's, there's a single school in the most talent-rich state that can say, you can stay in your home state and play in the SEC. They have great facilities. They have history. They have tradition. Um, they just need to get out from under the shadow of Muschamp. Coach Boom. Anybody, I'm, I'm trying to think of other names. that are, I mean, there's like Justin Fuente at Memphis who's done a miracle job. The Chip Kelly thing. Why are people still talking about Chip, Chip Kelly? Kelly's not going to Florida. He's not going to Florida. He doesn't like recruiting. Successful NFL coaches don't leave the NFL to go coach college. He's teams. doing just fine. They won by 40 today or whatever. Who'd they play? Tennessee. Never heard of them. 
Zach yeah, Menberg. He's already beating Tennessee in the NFL. Why does he need to do it at Florida? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, we should come back to the ACC. We did mention that we would. Yeah. Clemson wins pretty big over Georgia State. Virginia <laughs> kills Miami 30 to 13. Pitt kills Syracuse 30 to 7. What else we got here? North Carolina gets bowl eligible. A big win over Duke. Yay! And then there's Louisville going to South Bend, knocking off Notre Dame. I was tweeting about this game from Yankee Stadium as I was watching it on my phone. You were also texting me like, what the shit is happening? I was I was so first off, it was cold. Yeah, that's true. So I was trying to text and the glove thing just didn't work out. I was enjoying very much my twelve dollar beer from Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium. Mm hmm. And just trying to figure out what's going on. I'm, I'm sending out tweets that don't even make sense, to be right. honest with you. And it had nothing to do with any drunkenness. I'm just like frustrated at this point, trying to figure out what is going on. Why is Notre Dame mailed it in? Why does Everett Golson have no more confidence? We had a caller actually make up a song about this game. <laughs> Louisville at Notre Dame. Louisville at Notre Dame. Louisville at Notre Dame. Louisville at Notre Dame. Louisville. I mean, not very creative. I mean, it's but very it, repetitive. Very repetitive, but yeah. it's at least a sound for us to play. I, <sighs> Pinstripe Bowl 2014. Would have uh, here we come. Would have fed the full a lot more. Torn Folson had a nice game. Fed the full. Did you come up Feed with that? Feed the full. I think I in my head, maybe I saw it somewhere else, and I just am giving myself too much creative credit. I like Feed the Full because he had a he had a, a really nice game on the ground. From where they were at the beginning of the season to where they are now in the running game. The running I'm game impressed. has improved. That's one yeah. that might be the only thing that's improved. I think Bill, Bill Fuller is a bright spot. Will Fuller's been really good. Bill the, Fuller time. You're going Bill Fuller? Okay. Of course I am. The defense has, I don't want to say the defense has not, has regressed. The defense has been exposed. Yeah, they were never really that good. The defense has been exposed. And you'll remember, even though I was all up on Notre Dame's defense a couple weeks ago, you'll remember me saying at the start of the year, I was concerned about the defense. Right. I was concerned because they lost guys at key positions and they've been Mm -hmm. good, really good in spots this year. But as they started playing some better teams, I think we learned what that defense is is really all about and we realize how good uh stefan to it those knicks and prince shembo yeah and Man- manti Teo all were yeah for sure and now now you've got the situation where it just seems like after florida state after florida state this team went in the tank yeah defensively the the peak of the defense was when we thought stanford was still good and they hold them to what 13 14 points yeah and then it was North Carolina, Florida State, Navy, Arizona State, Northwestern, Louisville. They're, they gave up how many straight games giving up 30 points? God, I don't even know. I think all of those games, right? North Carolina just, was definitely over 30. Yeah. Florida State, Navy. Yeah, those were all over 30. Um, and they've lost four out of five. So now Brian Kelly has done the unthinkable. And what Ty Willingham and Bob Davey and Charlie Weiss did before him and losing four out of five games at a time in his time at Notre Dame. They're, they're very young. They're very young. At this point, though, at this point, how many years in is Brian Kelly at Notre Dame? Four years, four years at this point, four years means Notre Dame with the recruiting classes that he's put together. Saying a team is very young. I don't feel like holds a ton of weight because there are a lot of teams that are very young. Florida State defensively and at receiver, very young. Well, my point is just that if you are a young team, Yes. 
Go the route of an Arkansas. Go the route of a Notre Dame back in like 2010 or 2011. I forget which year it was exactly, but whichever year you went to the Sun Bowl and mopped up Miami, that team got progressively better. They were young and they were inexperienced, yeah. but they got progressively better. You could tell at the end of the year they were peaking. Notre Dame, Notre Dame for whatever reason, just hit Florida State and has since gone in the tank. And maybe they, maybe they never, were never that good to begin with, Dan, but you can't argue the fact that since that Florida State, they look really good against Florida State. Right. Since that point, forget it. They lost that game. They lost their season. It, they've been toast ever since. Yeah. A good young Notre Dame team. I think I would only say semi-young. They've got an experienced quarterback, uh, a, a somewhat experienced, well, they, they lose Tavares Daniels before the season, but an experienced core of running backs. Uh, the offensive line takes a couple losses. They've got pieces on defense with experience. They lose Kavari Russell, their best corner, whatever. Um, not a lot of experience though. On defense. Not a lot of an experience. Not a lot of experience. They, they had a lot somewhat, of holes this year to try and plug. A somewhat green Notre Dame team with a ton of talent and an experienced quarterback should beat Northwestern, should beat Arizona State, should beat Louisville. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing, Dan. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. It was disappointing. Right. Uh, anything else? Any other things that jumped out to you? Um, Across the country, not particularly. Um, Boise State ran a Statue of Liberty. I saw Did you that. see that? Pretty cool. The pose was, he struck a pose. It wasn't like all in one motion. It was, yeah. <laughs> And just froze like like an actual statue, and uh, they successfully ran the Statue of Liberty. Other than that, I mean, unless you want to do another twenty minutes about Wake Forest, no. Um, I think uh, as I'm scanning here, because I think we hit on just about everything. Houston's turned around their season quite nicely and quietly, I would say, after the way they started out. Um, not a ton to talk about in terms of action. Uh, not, I mean, Maryland, Michigan, there, there isn't much there. Um, Michigan's not good. Should we talk <sighs> about some Pat league? Ty, I, if you'll, if you'll honor a request, I have please. <clears throat> and Boise state did kill Wyoming. They didn't even need the statue of Liberty. Will you drop that big stanky, nasty, pert, supple, voluptuous rock hard, settle, settle drum and fly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever played this song and also said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know what, Ty? Normally, I'm the one that takes the lead talking about the Pat League. Yeah. But you, my friend, went to a Pat League shutdown. That's right. I did. Walk me through your experience at Lafayette Lehigh. And I will again say I took Lafayette because I am a leopard legacy. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill the music here. I want to talk okay. a little bit more about uh, about this. You game. want me to, you want me to talk about the first three, and then you want to get into that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. What else drop, happened? Drop that big nasty rock hard supple per drum and bass for drum and fife. There you go. It's back. Fordham wanted to challenge themselves, prepping themselves for the FCS playoff. Shrewd move here. They go on the road and take on the United States Army. Yeah. The United. This is an army that has bases across the world. They have won multiple wars, world wars, in fact. And Fordham only loses to the United States Army by 11 points. It was, was a, gutty, a gutty effort by the Rams. Gutty effort on the road. Uh, Colgate, the Gators. This, I was surprised by this. They go to Bucknell. Bucknell team decimated by injuries. But still, the Gators go to Bucknell and win this game by three scores. I'm, that's that's damn impressive. A strong Huge third quarter yeah. by the Gators going to the Nellisphere. And then Holy Cross hanging with Georgetown, who's awful. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I just can't find myself caring about this game too much because there's a game with so much heft that you're about to drop life experiences about. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to kill the music here. There we go. Okay. Aw, uh, yeah. Lehigh Lafayette. Hashtag rivalry 150. 150. In Yankee Stadium. A great atmosphere for a game. We can make all the pinstripe jokes if you want, but... I'd it, love to. Yeah, I know you would. It was great to watch a game in Yankee Stadium. Really enjoyed it. Great atmosphere. Great people. A lot of drunk people. Right. I saw a uh, girl with a Lehigh scarf puking into it in the concourse, mm-hmm. which was a nice metaphor for this game, actually. Lafayette wins 27 to 7 over Lehigh. They improve now to five and six on the year. Lehigh drops to three and eight. Basically, Dan, basically Lafayette won the trenches. They blew up Lehigh's defensive line pretty much every single play. Mm -hmm. They were able to contain an otherwise potent Lehigh offense. Nick Shaftnisky did not have a good game through the air, did not have a good game on the ground at all. The highlight here was Ross Sherman. From Lafayette, 45 carries, 304 yards, and three touchdowns. He was a man. He was a machine. He was Melvin Gordon-esque in this football game. Lafayette cruised to victory here. This one was never really in doubt. It was 21-0 at halftime. Uh, So it was good to go. It was good to see it. I was getting into it. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, Lafayette was just the better team. They had the better lines. What have we said all season long? We've had guests on the show. We've done statistical analyses. We've done breakdowns. We've done point counterpoints. We've really, we've done email shows strictly dedicated to don't underestimate Ross Sherman. He's that good. Yeah. Do you remember all the stuff that McMurphy, Wetzel and Feldman had to say about Sherman? It all came true. We tried to provide you with this information. Yeah. Lehigh. And they go out there and they lay a damn egg. This, this was an egg. This was an egg, actually. That's what <sighs> this was. This was not a good showing. 45 carries, 304 yards. By the way, this was Another my 53 key. through the air, by the way. Right. This was my, um, my key. Remember, I said just give the ball to Ross Sherman mm-hmm. and try to take the air out of the ball so that Lehigh doesn't have a chance to score. Now, that's not to say Lehigh would have scored even if they had the ball more. But right. Lafayette controlled the clock. They gave it to Sherman 45 times. That's why they won this game. I mean, I would rethink your wedding tie. Yeah. To be associated with this university. Yeah. Is Lehigh a university or a college? It's a university. Lafayette's a college, but Lafayette is a college. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you associate yourself with a winner on this show. So I dig that. But this Lehigh team. Damn joke. Get them next year. Damn joke. Where are they playing next year? Probably. You know where, probably. I mean, this game was supposed to be at Lafayette, so this one's probably back at Goodman Stadium. You know what I've heard? There's rumors abound. Tokyo Dome? 2016. Tokyo Dome can't handle Lehigh Lafayette, Ty. <laughs> you think Tokyo Dome can handle Lehigh Lafayette? There are rumors. Manaus? Actually, I shouldn't break this story here. I should break it for SB Nation, but you, you know what? Hear? Screw it. Hold on. Screw it. Give me some breaking news. I've heard they're going to play the 2016 Lehigh Lafayette game on a space station. Really? That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. That's what my people are telling me. Sources. Sources. Wow. Space station. There, do you think this toposphere, this stratosphere, <laughs> this atmosphere can handle Lehigh Lafayette? 
No, this game is going to be circumnavigating planets. That is the most bizarre thing you've ever said on this show. Lehigh Lafayette orbiting space? Yeah. I don't know, Ty. A game that big can't be handled by... We're not... What what number is Earth in planet size? We're not up there, Ty. We're not in we're not in Earth size we're not in planet size playoff contention. Right. Is okay. Earth bigger than Uranus? I don't think so. Uranus is a gas giant. Let me, they are a gas. They're dynamic and elite. That's you know, right. We all we all know the na- the the narrative about if Uranus. If you ever want to go space trivia, Dan. Yeah, you're way into space. We had this conversation. Like, if there were one thing that you had if, to if focus there, on from now until eternity. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's that for me. Um. But we had this conversation that if if there's like a cool new article that comes out and say like GQ or Variety or the yeah. New Yorker or something like that, your your A one topic that you just can't find yourself ignoring non sports is interplanetary news. No, not even interplanetary. I'm talking full on outer space. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I go on for days. Universal type stuff. Yeah, I'm in. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and what was yours? Yours was cartel. Mexican cartels. Wow. I don't know what it is. And it's not, I'm definitely anti-cartel. Right. For the, just, for the record. No, no, the New Yorker had an investigative piece about how the, like the federales and the FBI joint took down one of the guys, one of the huge guys. And I'll read anything and everything about it. Fascinated. Yeah. Also like uh, old prison stuff. Like prison. Alcatraz. That's deep. Love stories about Alcatraz. How, how Have are you been you to with- Alcatraz? I've not. It's really cool. I heard it was, I heard some guys talking this week that it was really cool. It's really cool. So where I mean, did you stand on the rock with Nicolas Cage? Oh, I loved it. It was fantastic. It was great. Uh, but like the, like actual documentaries, like there's, there's still like three, there's, I think there were three guys in the escape that was the movie escape from Alcatraz was based on. And they did the whole like fashion dummies and put them in the bed and then sneak out and they never found them. So they don't know if they actually made it with their inflatable jacket rafts to the the mainland of San Francisco yeah. or just drowned and got eaten by sharks. Love all that stuff. The show Prison Break yeah. was all in yeah. before they went to like Panama. Yeah, the Panama thing wasn't very yeah. good. But uh Prison Break was an infuriating so we should wrap this up. It was by the really way. bad. But the point being is this. The point is this. Lehigh Lafayette 2016 Space Station. You heard it here first. Get your tickets now. Yeah. I don't, you know what? You need to know somebody. <laughs> Probably. You need to know I would somebody. Hope so. It's not, they're not on StubHub. Attendance is going to be like eight. And mostly Russian. And mostly Russian, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, very quickly, don't forget you can vote for the Verbies if you head on out to styleverbal.com. It yes. might be slash Verbies. I'm not sure. Right. Do call the reverb line when you're watching games. Oh, can I, can I thank some people before we sign off? Please. I want to thank some shout. I want to give some shout outs. I forgot to do it last episode, so I'm behind an episode shouting people out. I will catch up, but special shout out to Jillian Clo, recent followee, follower on Twitter. Okay. Jillian Clo drew an Easton PA who must be happy today. Travis Norman, our old friend, Travis from Texas, Adam Brandt, Billy Edwards, Michael, AKA vitamin still Matt Milliken, old friend, Stanford fan. I believe Mark Valiquette blank scientist, Worried about him. USC fan, but longtime supporter. Badger Dave, got to be at least a little bit happy. Andrew McNeil, go Spurs, go. Um, Rohan Venkat, who I believe is from Doha, who you really? shouted out and oh, was yeah. very happy about that. Yeah. Uh, the Nomad in Eugene, DG in Nashville, Tyler Rich, Patrick Lindsay, Jamie O'Neill, and of course, of course, of course, of course, we ride. 
Hold on. We ride. There it is. Yep. With Brandon McKissick. Boom. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Don't Fresh forget. Fresh out of juice. If you want to help us out, you can go to Solid Verbal. No, that's not the address. Yeah, solver, you can go to solverbal at gmail.com and help us out by just saying like, hey guys, you're pretty cool. Send you us can also go to podsurvey.com slash mm. solid dash verbal. That'd be great. That's podsurvey.com slash solid dash verbal. Take the survey. You get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. If you complete the survey, you're going to be entered into an ongoing monthly raffle to win that card. They're not going to share your email or any of your personal information. They're not going to email you unless you win. Right. It will help us stay free to download. Again, it's a short anonymous survey. It's not going to take you longer than five minutes. One more time. That's podsurvey.com slash solid dash verbal. I've looked at the survey and there are no questions like, hey, you into anything weird? No, no. There's none of that. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. All right, Dan. So look, week 13, not the sexiest slate of games, but week 14, things is going to get weird as we head on into rivalry week, as we head on into Thanksgiving. I'm sure we will talk all things college football, all things food when we do our next show. Huge week. In a few days. You got anything else to add before we let the fine people go? I don't feel like I do. Um, No, you, you covered all the bases. I think that's everything. Watch wake up college football on espionation.com. Watch easy call. You're a, a lot of good man going to a place with really good like biscuits and biscuit sandwiches and fried chicken. Very, ex- a lot of gravies. Okay. Very excited about that tomorrow morning. So sort of like a transitional Thanksgiving for you, you know, it's yeah, it's very comfort foodie. Um, okay. As for a, for a Monday morning, I'm going to be really destroying my body. Fair enough for that guy over there. Mr. Dan Rubenstein for myself. Yes. Ty. Hildenbrand here in Eastern PA. Thanks again for listening to the Solid Verbal. We will be back later this week to talk all things rivalry. Rivalry. It's been (laughs) a long day. You're you're right there, dog. Rivalry week. We'll talk about that in a few days. Take care. Stay solid. Peace. Peace.